This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. It's almost time for another Q&A episode, so if you've got a burning question about the podcast or me or anything you like, really, you know, ask me anything, then please send it to hello at probablytruepodcast.com or tweet me or, you know, any of the other ways you get in touch with me generally. Ooh, also, this podcast is now available on Spotify. Yay! You're listening to the award-winning Probably True. Please be aware that this podcast may contain strong language and adult themes. It would be boring otherwise. It only went and happened again, didn't it? I'm going to walk you through this one, lovely listener, because what's the point in my humiliation if I can't talk about it with strangers? So, I was sitting in one of those wanky cafes having my breakfast, which, by law, had to be smashed avocado on toast. Fuck knows why it has to be smashed. Sliced would be fine. When I make it at home, it's not even sliced avocado, it's just, it got a bit goopy as I was getting it out of the skin, but most of it's on the plate, now shut up and eat it, avocado. On toast. I imagine they have to put an exciting word on there, because avocado so bland a fruit in the first place. You don't do that for anything else on the plate, though, do you? Yeah, could I please have smashed avocado on incinerated toast with pulverised bacon and some annihilated beans? Oh, and a cup of explosive tea with two grenades of sugar. Thanks. Actually, I'd never order that. Mostly because I automatically consider anyone who takes two sugars in their tea to be somehow below me. Like, I don't judge on appearance or ethnicity or politics or anything like that, but if you take two sugars in your tea, something inside me just snaps. And I assume you're some kind of subhuman psychopath. Anyway, what the hairy-arsed fuck was I talking Oh, yeah, Christ, I'm off to a good start. Anyway, having breakfast. So, yeah, while I was sat there, waiting for my exciting food to arrive, I decided to announce my presence on the grinder. This wasn't a neighbourhood I usually spent much time in, so I thought it'd be nice to see a few new faces. Or at least, a few new nipples. Since everyone around there's profile was pretty much just a toned torso. One particularly pert pair of mantits messaged me pretty much immediately when we got talking. We swapped a few more photos, and his face was as handsome as the rest of him, which was nice. He was all pert and firm and toned and gorgeous. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he was Australian, so it was probably Mitch, because aren't they all? Not a spare ounce on him. Arms, abs, pecs, lovely. So I was a little bit surprised when he invited me round for some sexy fun. Now, to start with, I thought this was a bit too good to be true. A spanking hottie like him into me, even without me having to dazzle him very much with my sparkling personality. But as I caught myself thinking that, I stopped and said, Now, Scott, don't be silly. You're a very handsome and charming man with a perfectly normal penis. There's no reason why this sexy lump of muscle and Instagram filters wouldn't want to get naked with you. Now, 
wipe that bit of egg off your face and go rock his world for about ten minutes with some of your least mediocre sex moves. So off I went. I was excited and more than a little bit flattered. You know, actually, I was even kind of nervous. He was a real hottie and part of me was mildly worried that I was going to get his clothes off, take one look at him and then make a mess all over his duvet and the wall and possibly the curtains. It had been a while. Anyway, another part of me was also worried that he was going to turn out to be some scary old man using a random model's photos, you know, luring boys back to his flat in the hope that they won't say no when they get there, even if he is twice the age and three times the weight of the man he was pretending to be. Anyway, I got there, knocked on the door, and there he was. This stunning, tanned, muscly Mitch, wearing nothing but a tiny pair of shorts and a smile. He invited me in and offered me a glass of water, and as he bent over to get the glass out of the cupboard, I could see those little dimples at the base of his spine. You know, the really sexy top-of-bum dimples. And that's when it happened. Now, I didn't spaff my pants, if that's what you're thinking. He handed me the glass of water and said, So, is it too late to change my mind? This is the second time someone has invited me round and then decided against getting naked with me once they've actually met me. I felt like saying something like, actually, yes, it is too late. I'm here now, so find something to hold on to and let's get this over with. But instead, I kept my composure and, I thought quite impressively, said something like, wow, that's awkward for you, before giving him a little wink and leaving. He'd blocked me on Grinder before I even got back home. It'd be easy at this point to go and cry to my friends Gordon and John, that's Gordon's gin and Papa John, and have a massive shame spiral about how unattractive I must be, and how could I expect someone as hot as him to fancy me anyway? He's so out of my league, and on and on. And that's pointless. There's no point trying to drown your sorrows, because believe me, those little fuckers can swim. And more importantly, there are no leagues. There's no boundaries on who you can and can't fancy, or be fancied by. There's just people. It's a lot more about personality than it is about looks. Think about it. Only a super shallow person would say something like, Ugh, I'm not going to date him. He's beneath me. I need someone much hotter than him because look at me, I'm amazing. No one actually thinks like that. And anyone who actually does is definitely not the kind of person you want to be associating with. But for some reason, it's the sort of thing we project, well, I project onto hot guys. We assume that they think like that with absolutely no other justification than if I looked like him, I wouldn't date someone like me, which is stupid because all people are just people. We're all insecure and fucked up in different ways and putting someone on a pedestal just because they have 5% body fat is stupid. If you're going to think like that, then every time someone you fancy actually wants to meet up with you or go for a drink or go out on a date or something, you might as well just say, nope, sorry, you're obviously too attractive for me, so I'm going to block you before this gets awkward. Which, thinking about it, would have been easier if, if that's what I'd done with Mitch. But that's not the point. This is a bad example. There are other hotties that I've hooked up with who are actually quite into me. Some of them even wanted to do it again after they'd met me. When I've asked my lovers what it is that they find attractive in me, the most common response is, I find your confidence really sexy, or you're so cheeky and fun, or you make me laugh, you've got a sense of humour, or something like that. And, you know, they're all personality things. They're not physical things. And a lot of the confidence and stuff I have to go after these hotter guys comes from guys like Mitch rejecting me. It might not seem like it, but he did me a favour. For one thing, if he'd not said, ugh, no. Have you ever shagged someone who isn't into it but is just going through the motions? It's fucking harrowing. 
As much as it sucks to have someone you fancy say, I've made an error here quite clearly, please leave, it's nothing compared to them sighing and just taking their pants off and laying there, waiting for you to get it over with. You know, eyes closed, arms limp, just thinking about what they're going to have for their tea or whatever. This has only happened to me once, but after a couple of minutes of dead-eyed humping when I realised that he just didn't want me to be there, I had to fake it. A couple of grunts and a bit of a shudder and we could just stop the whole ordeal. Although that guy then actually tried to sneak me out of his flat without his housemates noticing. So I made a point of talking loudly and introducing myself to them when they looked round. Fucked if I'm going to be someone's shameful little secret. Here's a life tip for you. Don't shag anyone that you'd be ashamed for your housemates to see leaving your room in the morning. So apart from that grossness, getting turned down politely on occasion is a good thing. It builds character. I know that sounds like something old people say about military service or caning in schools, but in this case it's actually true. You know, think about a school that banned all Valentine's Day cards and activities, not because it's mawkish and gross and commercial, but because they wanted to spare the children the trauma of possible rejection. And my first thought there was, oh teacher, who hurt you? The trauma of rejection is part of life. It's like trying to stop a child from touching a hot radiator. Sooner or later, they're going to do it, especially if you try and hide them from it, and then they'll learn an important lesson. Think about it. Knockbacks from Mitch or whoever are painful, but it's not the end of the world. You didn't die. All that happened was someone you fancied said, no thanks, that's part of life. And, you know, we use it to grow, just like every other experience. It's what makes us more rounded people. Think of all the people who never hear no in their lives. They're spoilt, entitled shitbergs who need a good kicking. Once you get over the worst of the pain and realise that it's not you, it's them that's doing the rejecting because of something on their side, not something on your side, it's very freeing. Because, you know, the worst has happened, this guy said no, but you're still here. Great. Next time you won't be too afraid to approach someone because you know that it's not the end of the world if they say no and you'll be fine either way. And that's where the confidence comes from, that the next super hot guy will find really sexy. Also, if the guy is super hot, here's a pro tip. Make sure you screenshot all of his pictures before you meet him. That way, if he does meet you and decide he doesn't want to have sex with you, you can still go home and finish yourself off. And going home to finish myself off is usually how grinder hookups end anyway. This was Probably True. The award-winning storytelling series written and produced by me, the award-winning Scott Flashheart. If you liked what you've heard, you could share it with your friends, leave a positive iTunes review, and sign up at probablytruepodcast.com. If you didn't like it, you can find me on Twitter as UnlikelyLad. Come at me, bro. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.